Welcome in again to what we hope will be another riveting episode of what we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast. That's right, Name That News. I am your host, Mark Menard, alongside my co-host, Zach Clark. We play you some clips of stuff that happened over the course of the week, and then we tweak it a little bit, and we try to make you guess what they're talking about. Is that about how it goes, Zach? That is exactly how it goes every time, twice on Sundays. I mean, at least if we did it on Sundays, it would. Once a week, six questions. That's what we give you. Rock and roll, baby. I believe you are leading us off this week. Let's get right into it because we are in the middle of the dog days of summer. We don't have a lot of energy to spare in this heat. So let's go ahead and get right into the show. Mark, we're going to start with a national news clip. You could hear this across the Odyssey properties, radio stations like KYW, WCBS, KNX, and others. Take a listen. The president thinks it's very important to get to the bottom of this. But after just 10 days, the Secret Service closed its investigation, unable to identify whose it was. Alrighty, Mark, what was in the baggie that was found in the lobby of the West Wing of the White House? Was it A, dog poop? Was it B, cocaine? Or was it C, the answer to our geopolitical struggles with China? You are lobbing up a softball here to get us into the show this week, and I respect it because I think everybody is in the midst of the summer doldrums. We needed a little something to get our blood pumping, to get our brain functioning, and this is just the question to do that. If you haven't seen this in the news, then you've probably been enjoying some type of beach vacation, and I'm really jealous. I don't believe it was dog poop. It's not the answer to our struggles with China because that would take way more than what would fit in a baggie. The answer is B, cocaine. Final answer, I'm locking it in. I am absolutely positive. Yeah, this has been one of the biggest stories across the country, Mark. You are absolutely correct. It was a small baggie of cocaine, and the Secret Service says they're unable to identify whose it was. There was no fingerprints on the bag, Mark. I got to say, that sounds hard to believe. I'm not pointing any fingers, but... mm. Well, and all the security footage you would think that they would get to comb through. But somewhere there's someone without their stash, and they're not happy about it. I guess that's the consequences that they have to pay in lieu of jail time. And with that, we move now south and to the west of D.C. to the Lone Star State of Texas and KRLD in Dallas, where there's a new movement happening among married couples, couples who live together. Let's have a listen. You know, I think it's not at all unusual for couples to to in separate. I think it can there's a really healthy way that it can be done where, you know, there's communication about it and, you know, you're you're still spending that quality intimate time together. So what are couples doing separately more and more frequently nowadays? Is it A, eating separate dinners? Is it B, sleeping in separate rooms? Or is it C, going on separate vacations? I can see how all of these would be at least somewhat viable, Mark, because when you get married, it is understood that you will do many things together, but it's not understood that you'll become the other person. So that means that sometimes you'll be on different wavelengths, right? But going on separate vacations seems extreme. Sleeping in separate rooms makes me think of Leave it to Beaver. I know they didn't sleep in separate rooms, but remember the mom and dad slept in different beds, which was weird. The separate dinners one is interesting. That I would think would be more for children. I'm going to say it's sleeping in separate rooms. I'm guessing. 
And you have guessed correctly. It is Sleeping in Separate Rooms. A report came out this week from uh, an academic organization that studies sleep. And they said that it's mostly prevalent in millennials. 43% of millennial couples sleep either in separate beds or separate rooms, but 33% of Gen X and a little bit less in the other categories. But it's becoming a trend. And look, we've all been there if we've been with someone for any length of time. They start rustling around in their sleep. They steal the covers. They start snoring. It can be very prohibitive to get the sleep you need. Sleep is so valuable and it's so hard to come by these days. Whatever you have to do to get it, do it. Easy. Don't think about it. Ain't nobody got time. But here's what we do have time for. This clip from your neck of the woods, WWL in New Orleans. There's this movie coming out. You may have heard of it. It's called Barbie. Take a listen. The Barbie movie is coming out July 21st. Doctors are warning against girls and women doing the Barbie challenge. It's spreading across TikTok. Alrighty, Mark, fill in the blank for me. The Barbie what challenge? Is it A, the Barbie hair challenge? Is it B, the Barbie nails challenge? Or is it C, the Barbie feet challenge? Okay. The first thing I think of, I don't know if they still have these, but I remember when I was a kid, little girls could go get these Barbie like mannequin heads with hair on them and you could like fix Barbie's hair and do all kinds of different things with it. So the Barbie hair challenge sounds right, but that also wouldn't really be dangerous. You know, when I think of Barbie feet, I think of that really awkward posture so that she could fit into the high heels. Maybe that's what they don't want you to do is, is contort your feet in a weird direction. I'm going to say the feet challenge. You, sir, must be a podiatrist in hiding. Mark, you are correct, and that is exactly why doctors say that walking as if you're in high heels but not actually being in high heels is very bad for your feet. If you look at a Barbie doll, her feet are always that way. But the doctors say, hey, that's a doll, don't do that. And when I hear that, I say, hey, you know, that makes sense. It is a doll, don't do that. I can barely walk with my feet totally flat on the ground. I don't know how you would walk around on just your toes with no other support whatsoever. A ballerina, I am not. No, and I'll tell you what, I look at Barbie's feet, Mark, I am flat-footed. When you look at my footprints, like after I've been in the water, they're blobs. And so I can't even fathom what that must feel like or look like. It's painful to think about. From painful, we go to something that we hopefully is not, not as painful, which is one of our favorite podcasts at Odyssey. We think we're Odyssey's favorite podcast, but this one probably up there in the top five right along with us. Something offbeat. Every week it comes out and they tackle some type of weird topic. So this is a clip from Something Offbeat. We're going back to D.C. We're going back to the White House. Have a listen to this little nugget that came out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Back in April, a managed to evade security and get past the fence surrounding the White House. Thankfully, the Secret Service were able to swoop in pretty quickly. So what slipped past the Secret Service at the White House? Was it A, a photographer? Was it B, a toddler? Or was it C, a Joe Biden superfan? I think the question should be worded, Mark, as in what slipped past the Secret Service that was not also cocaine? <laughs> yes. But I will digress. Well, this was in April. This was before the cocaine. So, okay, fair enough. So look, we know if we're talking about like the paparazzi type photographers, they're very aggressive and they're very sneaky. So a photographer would be possible here. A Joe Biden super fan, mm, looking at his ratings, not a whole lot of those around these days. Not up to me though. We don't talk politics here. I'm intrigued by the toddler because, you know, toddlers are phenomenal con artists. They can talk their way 
into anything without even being able to talk. It's unbelievable. So you know what? I'm going with the youth of America. I'm saying it's a toddler. You are correct. It was a toddler who got past the White House fencing and into the grounds of the White House without the kids' parents being able to secure them before they got past the fence. And the Secret Service had to step in and get the child back because the parents obviously could not get past the fence. If you're a parent, you can relate because everybody has had that moment when the kid gets away from you when you're not looking just for a split second and then you don't know where they went. You get that moment of panic and then all of a sudden you look and they're like running towards the White House. Yeah, I, I don't have a story quite that dramatic, but I can remember when my son was, I don't know, old enough to walk, and I was walking around the house, and he was gone. I mean, literally, like, every room, and I walked outside, and he was standing in the driveway. I don't even know how he got there. I don't know how long he'd been there. Not very long, but it was one of those things where I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so when people say they can't get past the Secret Service, absolutely, absolutely they can, like little Houdinis. Toddlers can get anywhere they really want to get to, and it's your job to be vigilant 24-7 and stop them. Being a parent is all about defense. And, Mark, let's play a little offense here with our cliffhanger question of the week. You want to refresh the folks? I will gladly refresh the folks. Cliffhanger question of the week is a question that we give you that we don't answer right away. We don't answer it immediately. We give you an entire week to stew about it. Then we come back the week later, we give you the answer. We use the honor system here that you're not going to go and look this up in the next week. We're all adults here. We're going to go ahead and trust you that you're not going to cheat. And before we get to this week's cliffhanger question of the week, we have to refresh you on last week's cliffhanger question of the week. And finally, fill that void in you when we tell you what that answer is you've been waiting for for seven days. And Mark, that belonged to me last week. It comes from our friends at KCBS in San Francisco. Here it is. A recent study reveals that similar to humans can find relief from stress by seeking companionship with others of their kind. Alrighty, Mark, who has joined the world of stress just like we humans? Is it A, snakes? Is it B, ants? Or is it C, amoebas? Now, I remember talking this one out last week and telling you that I am both afraid and also positive that it could be amoebas because there is absolutely no slight that I small enough for me to not get anxious about. So the fact that amoebas would be anxious too... There's no way that it would be too small to, to be worried about. But I don't know how much awareness amoebas have of their surroundings. So I'm going to throw that one out and I'm going to go with either snakes or ants. Both seem agitated all the time. Snakes are always in a defensive posture, always ready to strike if you are around them. If you've ever kicked an anthill or shaken up an ant farm, you know how quickly they, their attention can be drawn to having to fix all the problems around them. Of the two... I feel like snakes are more anxious. I'm going to go with snakes. Now, we're going to have to check the Name That News historian for this one, Mark. But for the first time, I believe, ever, we will not use the incorrect buzzer. The answer is indeed snakes. Wow. We have run the table for the first time in seven months. And here's the thing, Mark. The reason this story came up was because we learned not only do snakes get anxious, but when they do, they cuddle to calm down, just like humans. Who knew? They're still gross. I still hate them. <laughs> I was going to say, who hasn't seen a snake that they just want to cuddle? Everybody has always wanted to cuddle a snake. E every snake you see. They're so soft and approachable. <laughs> well, hey, I am very proud of us. On the list of accomplishments, this is going to be top five all time for me. 
There's the wedding day. There's the two births of my children. And then there's the day we ran the name that news gauntlet. I don't even know what else I could put on the list. I'm very proud of us that we can put the buzzer in the closet for another week. But now we're not done yet. We still have this week's cliffhanger question of the week to get to. And do we need to say that we need to get this one right next week to really truly run the gauntlet for this week's questions? Or are we counting last week's cliffhanger as that's the end of it? So here's the thing. We can give ourselves credit for not using a buzzer in today's episode, but there's got to be something if we get it right next time. Like, you know, like there's a hat trick, but then there's like the natural hat trick when you score all three in a row. It's like another level of hat trick. I feel like if we were able to get next week's question correct, it would be that next level of whatever this is. It's like hitting the cycle in baseball. It's really impressive. And in the end, it means nothing. That's exactly what this would be. So this week's cliffhanger question of the week, there's a, a, a little bit of a running theme here. We're going back to the Wild Kingdom, and we're also coming back to my home city of New Orleans in WWL. Take a listen to uh, what is starting to make their way into the city. Well, it appears that there's quite a few, and now that with all the ducks having disappeared out of the out of the canals, they're just moving further into the subdivisions and eating. A lot of the cats, you know, there are a lot of cats on the lakefront as well. And I think once they clean those out, they just kind of move in. They've got a taste for them now. So what wild animals are encroaching into the suburbs of the Big Easy? Is it A, coyotes? Is it B, alligators? Or is it C, confused tourists? Mark, you know this. You live in a very touristy area. New Orleans is a destination. There's nothing more confused than a tourist. And... You know, the cuisine in New Orleans is a little different than what most people think. So maybe they do think they're supposed to eat the cats in the neighborhoods. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. But if the tourist is confused, maybe they would. Look, alligators, I assume that that's already a thing and that you've been talking about that for a long time. I've been to New Orleans only once, so I'm not a Louisiana expert by any stretch. And coyotes, we know, are very aggressive and can really come from almost anywhere. So there's a lot of good options here. But next time I come to visit, I'm bringing pepper spray mostly for the tourists because that scares me. I don't like that. Well, look, I will say this. You know that I'm a cat guy. Got a couple of cats in my house. I also have a big love of dogs. But I will say this. If a New Orleans chef were to prepare a cat or a dog for me, I'm sure it would be delicious. Are you looking for the cat? Is that why you looked around right now? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not a New Orleans chef. I can follow the directions on a HelloFresh box with the best of them, but I am not what you would get culinary-wise in this city if you eat at the best places. I can hold my own in the kitchen, but I am not ready for the big time. All right, well, come back next week to see what Mark's having for dinner. (laughs) Look, we definitely want you to come back next week, as we do every week. Special thanks this week to Brian Fisher, who always helps us put the show together. Special thanks to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please come back, pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another fresh, hot-out-the-kitchen episode of Name That News.